0: Love Talk Radio.
1: God blesses us. I believe God blesses those that hustle, those that use their mind, and those that overall are righteous. I believe that. Your karma, everything that you do bad comes back to you. So anything that I'm doing that's bad, I'm not going to suffer for But in my heart, I think what I'm doing is right. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm going to have I don't want to. See, I'm smart enough to know it's not my game to play. Just to pawn like everybody else intelligently, a pawn
2: can create a checkmate Mr. Williams, or become a very powerful player himself. Don't you understand? This is all a game. All of this. Like basketball, football. Mr. Big Time Track Star, game. You play it, and you play it to win. Because in the real world, no one wants to hear excuses or empty rhetoric.
1: No. they want to know if you have a plan want to know if you have a plan. I want to know if you have a plan. I want to know if you have a plan. Are
2: you, sure, can you, can you out? ready?
3: For the thousands in attendance. And
0: the, the millions like, watching Burt. around the world. Ladies and gentlemen.
4: Yes, 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 y'all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back on this fine Saturday afternoon to The Collective, Um, week six of The Collective. Uh, My name is Martin Sores, in case you didn't know, um, I am your host. I am joined today by my co-host, Mr. Tommy Hill, who was missing missing in action last week. His presence was greatly missed. Uh, He is back this week with us. Uh, I've got Jason Reels sitting here next to me. Um and I've got I've got Lawrence Reels um all the way from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um on the line as well. Before we get started, uh we want to shout out our sponsors, of course. We want to shout out Blog Talk Radio. Uh we want to shout out the Keys 107 opening the doors to endless possibilities. Uh we want to give a special shout out to our show producer, uh Nate Armstead, aka Nate Laflair. Uh, who is responsible for the instrumentals you hear before the show and uh, during the breaks? We have a really good show planned for today. I'm, I'm, I'm particularly invested and excited into into our topics today. Um, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna jump right in into March Madness, the 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 number one topic of the day, the number one topic in sports, uh, the number one topic just in general right now. Um, as we know uh uh michigan is, is underway with v c u right now they're they're up now eighteen um putting together a strong first half against v c u um you know uh we we got started this week with the madness the madness has surely begun um i wanna i wanna i wanna go around and get get some reactions from different guys i you know it uh <laughs> Uh, Lawrence and Jason and I are in the same ESPN group uh, uh, for a bracket competition, and so uh, needless to say, the the competition is thick. Um, and like every March, there are your your vintage bracket busters, your vintage upsets. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off. I guess I'll, I'll start off here and talk about my my disappointment so far this week. Um, and I'll, I'll just go right down the line. I want to start with NC State. North Carolina state and and maybe maybe I have a soft spot for the ACC being a duke fan um, but I I you know I expected Lorenzo Brown and, and CJ Leslie you know to come out ready to play against against the Temple team which is part of an undefeated Atlantic 10 conference thus far in the NCAA tournament 6 and 0 so far which is unbelievable um, but like I said, uh, you know, I picked NC State to win um, in both of my brackets that I submitted in our in our ESPN group. Um, again, maybe I just favored the ACC a little bit too much. But, you know, Khalif Wyatt, there was no answer for Khalif Wyatt on Temple, who, I, who I've who i seen before. And I know enough about to know that he is a dangerous player. But, you know, North Carolina State, they just didn't come to play. They They, they come out and score well, something, 22 points, I believe it was, in the first half, and then come back and score 50 points in the second half. Uh, That's not going to cut it. You know, I was just talking to Tommy before about teams that come ready to play, and North Carolina State didn't come ready to play. They got themselves in a hole. They were down 16 at halftime. Um, Temple split in the half, scored 38 in both halves. Again, no answer for Khalif Wyatt. North Carolina State, disappointed. The University of New Mexico... Uh, disgraceful, abysmal, whatever word you want to call it. If you can't beat Harvard, uh, you know that's, that that is just sheer disappointment. You can't beat Harvard. You can't beat Harvard. I'll just I'll just yeah, leave it yeah. at that. I'll just leave it at that. Um, we'll go to well, down the list to, to Georgetown and Otto Porter, the biggest upset of the week thus far, um, by far. You know Otto Porter, Big East Player of the Year. Um, again, another example of a team that did not show up ready to play, um, uh, interesting stat and more of a, uh, disappointing stat when it comes to Georgetown, uh, they've been eliminated by a double digit seed in their four, in their last four NCAA tournament appearances, um, which, I mean, I guess it just speaks to their inability to come ready to play come NCAA tournament time, um, and uh, my last point on that one is that I, I was completely just uh, confused as to as to how the was, was the team go for the Gulf of Florida. I'm watching I'm watching the highlights. The Villanova North Carolina game was on at the same time, so I was more invested in that at the time. But I see the highlights, and I'm seeing this team get backdoor cuts and and open dunks and layups, and it's just it's just a highlight reel as if as if Georgetown. It doesn't run the same backdoor sets every day in practice as if they don't practice against this every day. And all of, all of a sudden they, you know, they lose principles. They, they, they lose their sense of identity and, and they lose to uh, uh you know, they lose the Gulf of Florida. So they'll, you know, the, the, they'll go on to play, um, as a matter of fact, I, I, I'm drawing a blank here. I don't know who they have. I can't remember who they have in the next round, but San Diego, uh, San Diego State. That's who they have in the second round. So that you know, and and my last my last disappointment was Davidson. I thought they should have beaten Marquette. Um, I thought Marquette showed toughness down the stretch there. The kid Vanderblue did exactly what he had to do there in the last six seconds. Drove right to the basket, and the kid Cohen for Davidson after leading them in the charge. You know, he made it first. Well, first. He gives up the ball to the worst free throw shooter on the team who eventually turns the ball over in the midst of that uh, of that Marquette press. And, and, you know, they turn around and, and they end up losing the game. And then he plays terrible uh, coverage defense on Vanderblue as he drove to the basket and gives up a layup uh, and they lose the game. So I, I was disappointed in Davidson. I didn't pick them. I did pick Marquette to go on and advance. Um, uh, but I was disappointed because I thought Davidson uh, deserved that game. Um, I want to swing it over to to Jay next um, and and hear about some of his disappointments slash bracket busters from from this week's madness. Jay, take it.
3: Um, so, you know, we knew we knew this tournament was going to be. You
2: no, know, we we all
3: expect upsets. Um, you know, you 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 go into it and you look at your bracket and, and you go with the teams that you've seen more. So, you know, and I think that's why, you know, a lot of people went with, you know, with the Georgetown's
4: and, and, and
3: teams of that nature because we've seen them and we know what they can do. Um, the Big East Conference as a whole, I just think was very disappointing in that first round. Um, if you look at it, Syracuse won their first game pretty handily. Louisville won their first game handily, and Marquette should have lost. I, I, I'm not giving Marquette any credit for that game because they flat out should have lost. It, it was more so Davidson losing than Marquette winning, if you if
2: you get what I'm saying by that.
3: But if you look at Cincinnati bounce, Notre Dame out, uh, Georgetown out, um, it, it's 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 so disappointing and 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 you see these teams all year long beat up on each other, and you think they would be tournament ready. You know, you think they would be so battle-tested from seeing each other so much and, and beating up on each other all year that come tournament time, that they would be ready to play. But these are top in the teams team that, that every, every season, year, you, you know, know, you know. <laughs> People who, who are loyal, loyal to the conference, conference like, you, you always have them, them winning in the first round, first round, at least. Because, you know, because, you know Cincinnati's, Cincinnati's playing Creighton, Creighton Creighton's good. And I actually expected Creighton win that, win that one. Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's playing, playing Wichita State, State. You know, these power conferences playing against major, major teams, teams in the first round, and they're losing. Marquette should have definitely lost. So I'm I'm very disappointed in the biggie. I don't even want to talk about the Georgetown game because that was that was heartbreaking. They decided to start playing in the last five minutes of the game, and it was too late. Um, but there's, it, it, I like the parody in college basketball, and it's and it's and it's evident in the tournament that there are players and coaches all around the country that you don't see on TV at all in the regular season that have very good teams that that play at that that force their tempo on other teams that make make these big, you know, top-notch, you know, uh, power conference teams. Play their style of basketball, and they can't. And, and these power conference teams can't beat them at their style of basketball. So you know that that's what happens when when we see upsets like Georgetown, Florida Gulf Coast. Florida Gulf Coast ran their sets to perfection. Their coach had a terrific game plan, and they and they outplayed and outcoached Georgetown. And that's that's how upsets happen. Um, now I'm glad I'm happy to see all the one seeds are You know that that that's not a surprise. The, but but it's literally gotten to the point in the NCAA tournament where you're well, not you're even, even sure, sure about that two fifteen game, like the, the, the like the two seed against the fifteen seed. You're not even sure at this point. You actually have to consider a fifteen seed being a two seed at this point because of because of the things that are happening. But you know it yeah, makes for it, 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 it makes more it drama and watching some terrific basketballs and seeing some stars emerge, like the kid from Florida Gulf Coast. Um, people get will get familiar with a lot of guys that they haven't seen all year that are terrific, you know, possibly NBA type players. So that's that's the beauty of the tournament. Um but other than that, I there was besides the Georgetown game, I didn't I didn't see any other games that were that were shocking. You know, LaSalle beat Kansas State. LaSalle's a tough team. The eight ten, like Martin said, are having a great tournament so far. Um that's a very underrated conference as a whole. So that didn't surprise me. Um, and, you know, we'll see how today goes. <laughs> it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to say the least, but look out for the A-10 team. Make sure if you can watch those games, watch, or watch some of these A-10 teams because they play a different style. And, uh, watch out for
4: Butler. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> watch
3: out for, but- watch, watch on- out for Butler at the bottom right of your bracket.
4: Um, uh, definitely definitely we're gonna get to uh we're gonna talk about the matchups that we're most looking forward to um I've got a couple on my on my radar for today and for future matchups um El Rios, give us some of your disappointments from this week from the madness well as
3: as jay as jay alluded to um this 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 tournament we knew this coming in that this tournament was as wide open as any had ever been. I mean, like, uh, at least at least the last few that we can remember, there's it's literally, we talked about it last week, how there's anywhere from eight to ten teams that can really, really win a national championship. And, I mean, uh, th- this first round spoke to that. Um, one of the more disappointing matchups for me personally was um, UNLV going down. And, um, the, I mean, Jay and I were actually speaking about this the other day, and we were talking about how when the tournament starts, you have this hangover from conference tournaments where you see teams that are hot at the end of conference tournaments. We happened to see the end of the Mountain Mountain West Conference Championship, and it was UNLV versus New Mexico. Both looked like fantastic basketball clubs. New Mexico ended up winning. UNLV played a heck of a game. So I watched some game tape on UNLV. I mean, they beat UNC early. They had some pretty quality wins. They won on the road at UCLA. Like uh, I mean, I I, I saw that UNLV was going to be a team that was going to be reckoned with, and Cal obviously had other plans. And uh, that that also the two the two Pac-12 seeds that were actually in the tournament both UN uh, both um, California and Oregon both surprised me. I actually I had Oregon over Oklahoma State in my bracket, so that was nice. I certainly didn't have Cal, but both of them played really well and and were able to get the win. Um Ole Miss Wisconsin, that was a game that kind of messed me up because I like we said, we we were watching the conference tournaments and Wisconsin played great basketball toward the end of the Big Ten tournament. I mean they they beat they beat um who, who was it they beat? I wanna say it was Indiana. They they beat they beat I believe Indiana and lost to um, lost to Ohio State in the final. But they they were playing really good basketball at the end of the year and and they have the one kid Henderson who's really really good. So I I I, I mean I knew that they were going to be a problem, but I didn't think that they were going to. I mean Ole Miss has Henderson rather, and I knew they were going to be a problem, but I didn't think they were going to be able to beat Wisconsin, which they actually did. So, I mean, those those are the big, big ones for me, uh, obviously New Mexico and, and Georgetown. I mean, I I was talking to someone about this yesterday. I, I, I heard about Florida Gulf Coast early in the year because they, they were the team that was kind of um, making people skeptical about Miami because they beat Miami early in the year. And people were saying, "Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty bad loss for Miami. Like that shows that they can be shaky." But I I thought that it maybe just showed that Florida Gulf Coast can play basketball, and they made that evident yesterday. They, they beat they beat they beat the brakes off of Georgetown. I mean, they 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 controlled the game, and and it was it was cool to see. So I'm excited to see that second round matchup. San Diego State is a good basketball team, but I think Florida Gulf Coast matches up with them well. So that that should be interesting to see. But. Yeah, that's pretty much my my my
4: wrap up for the first round. Go Duke! <laughs> yeah, I um, you know, you just mentioned two teams that I was gonna um, uh, you know, I'm gonna swing it back around, but I, two teams that I'm gonna mention that I was proud of this week on the opposite end, um, Ole Miss and Oregon. Um, I, I picked both teams to win. Um, as twelve seeds, both as uh uh, uh Pac twelve members, which is which is uh oddly ironic. But you know, yeah, the kid Marshall Henderson for Ole Miss. I like his fearlessness. That's that's like my big theme for this march. Um and really it's a, it's really a theme every March and you come across players that are that just have that fearless mentality. Um uh and, and I, I I saw that in Marshall Henderson as they as they won their conference. Um and I and I you know I kinda saw Wisconsin as more beatable more so than than uh, you know, kind of just going through there and I thought I Ole Miss really had some good momentum going in there and, and Oregon over Oklahoma State, they did a great job on Marcus Smart. I mean, beginning to finish, he he was hardly even effective. Um and I, I liked Oregon's uh the Oregon's team from the beginning. I believe they they won the Pac twelve um this year. In fact, yeah, they did. I remember seeing the Pac twelve championship. Um they they have such a dynamic team. Um I love watching them play. Uh, so their, their win over Oklahoma state, I was very much proud of. And also I, I picked Minnesota to beat UCLA last night, which went down. I love Toby Smith's team. I love, I love everything about, you know, Tubby Smith and his guys. They play hard for him. Um, they're, they're deep. They're, they're experienced. And, um, and I, I, I picked them over, over UCLA for that reason. I thought they had the, the experience advantage. Um, in that sense, uh, uh, we're going to kick it to T-Hill now. T-Hill, what kind of reactions do you have from what you've seen from March Madness this week?
2: Um, I just, um, just want to say what's up. Yeah, I'm back, with back, y'all. back with y'all. Missed y'all last week, man. You know, unfortunately, events happen when, you, when you're when trying to turn up for one of your, one of your homies' birthdays, you know. But uh, I'm back with y'all. Um, first and foremost, I want to – I want to thank, I want to um, shout out, actually, my, my my former university, a team, uh, the university I drafted, not drafted, <laughs> the, team, the university gave me scholarship coming out, coming out of high school, Robert Morris, they played in the NIP this week, beat Kentucky. The, that's the biggest win in our school's program's history. Man, I mean, went, I went there, I spent like three years up there, and, um, you know, things didn't work out the way I wanted to, and I had to take a different route, but I, I have to shout them out because that's a small school, the gym only fit uh three thousand people and they had five thousand people in that small small little gym <laughs> and we took down Kentucky John Calipari with the with the you know his stature and everything else. It was, was such a big win for our school, so I got shut up enough. But um speaking of the NCAA tournament, you know, I have always gotta go back to the fact that I'm not a not a avid avid um college basketball watcher. So you know, but I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of this a little bit. I'm starting to get the hang of this thing because I'm looking at I'm looking at these top end schools, the Kentucky the Dukes, the UNC, the the big name schools. And I don't see I don't see that that Kevin Durant. I don't see that one player that can take over, you know, make that big one to take his team to the to the championship games because these guys are usually one and done. I don't see any of that guy. I don't this upcoming draft. I don't see I don't see not one of these i stand. These guys are just jumped off the screen to you. I mean, there's a Oladipo. There's, there's, uh, there's Zeller. There's, you know, there's, there's, uh, Macklemore, There's a couple guys, but you know, you're not really sure if they can really, really take this into the finals. So, with that being said, these mid-major school schools, these these smaller schools who have their team intact, these guys that are four-year starters, they got chemistry and they're coming into the tournament looking at these schools like, oh. It, they're not that experienced. There's they're a bunch of freshman cats out here, like we got this. So I'm I'm really that's why I, it's hard to pick one team. I didn't do a bracket this year. I'm I'm a little upset myself that I didn't. But I mean, who knows? I mean I would have been far from picking an accurate winner. Um with that information being said. That's why I never really you know, it's hard with that being said, but um yeah, that's what I took from it. I mean, with the uh with the NCAA tournament, it's, it's hard to pick one of these students. You got it, it, it,
4: how can you do it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely difficult. Um, uh, you know, it's like what Jay and L both kind of alluded to with this year in particular, um, and I think it speaks to what you just said about kind of the the top teams not really having those. I mean, you know, you have your older deep you have your you know, I mean, Doug McDermott plays for Creighton. Uh, I think he's he's likely the a leading candidate for Player of the Year this year, in my opinion. And and Creighton Creighton is, is a mid major. They um, got a
2: bunch of four year guys. They got you
4: know the juniors. They got, yeah yeah yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, but I'm saying it speaks to you, yeah. It, it speaks to your point though, because. Um, the, but the, but but again, top teams. We're seeing some very good teams. Louisville, for example, you know they, you know they have guys, they have talented players on that team. They have a couple pros. Uh, they, I mean, they have a couple pros. The kid Banahan is, is definitely a pro. Um, you know, yeah. Peyton, Peyton C. as well. The kid uh, uh, Jang, the big African, he, he's definitely a pro. Um, exactly. But but seeing you're seeing you're seeing a lot of good good teams. Well, good teams with good players, yeah. and and, and the, in, in the in the higher echelon of the teams, you know, you have you have. I mean, listen, you have you have a great play. I mean, great players come. Like it, you see a great player that you hadn't seen before every game. I mean, it, it's it's like the guys were saying before. It's it's wide open. Could, um, the there's there's well, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Every year it's competitive man every year teams come out of the woodwork and, and surprise you with players that you hadn't seen before um i, I still think i mean it it's it's wide open I, like said, it it's hard to do that's why that's what makes the bracket so hard to do. um uh, for me, I think that test is like your best bet i mean numbers can tell you so much about a team's defense their their ability to score their ability to rebound you know, those things matter um uh, but again it's its i think that test you've know, seen how how teams gel, you said with the chemistry and stuff, it's you know, you take that stuff into account and that's how you end up making the right gambles. I made three pretty good gambles yesterday, the old miss Iowa State and uh and Oregon. Um not so much gambles for me, like I said, I did the I test with these teams. I, I to me these were teams that could beat the teams that were ranked higher than them. So, you know, that that's that's I guess kind of your best bet when you okay. go look at it. Um it, just, you guys you know,
0: not a lot Yeah. Can so I ask you a
2: question real quick? Have any of you guys ever won a bracket? Yeah. Bracket. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, mean, I, won, I
3: won I won my bracket two or three years ago. And it was only because I was the only person in my bracket challenge that had two of the four final four teams in it. So, and then it, it, and then that's really, you know, if you can, and, and when you're doing your brackets and if you're in a group, you know, it, it, it really doesn't matter how many, uh, uh, for the most part, I would say, it really doesn't matter how many first round and second round wins you have or losses you have, as long as you keep your Elite Eight teams and your Final Four teams intact. Because, I mean, not, not talking basketball, I was just talking about, like, if you're in a bracket challenge at your job or, you know. That's the, that's the one of the driving forces of it. But yeah, the the whole point is <clears throat> is to make sure that you can have two out of the four final four teams, or you can have six, or if you're really lucky, eight of the uh, of of the of the of the of the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite 18, um, You know, because that's where that's where you get all your points, and you know that's the whole purpose. The Final Four is the you want to have the Final Four. Locked if you can, and you know if you do end up, it's, it's very rare that you you that you pick the right game to win the whole thing. But if you, do, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. So um, you yeah, just, you know, every year you should you should take a look at uh uh Bayless's. Um, article that he wrote for ESPN. Every every year, son. If you see on ESPN, every year the person who ends up having the perfect bracket is someone who knows absolutely nothing, nothing about basketball. Yeah. Like like we can do, we can all. Like I said, all we can do is watch the teams, do our eye tests and and do it that way. I, like having a perfect bracket is is it's not impossible, obviously, but to the trained eye, might as well be impossible. Um, so I want to say I want to seg- um, kind of do some foreshadowing here. Uh um a quick update It's still up um by fifteen. The second half just just went underway. Um, Trey Burke having a much better game today than he did against South Dakota State, which was which was expected. Uh to kind of do some foreshadowing looking looking at today and, and potential future matchups. Um I'm gonna get some guys' reactions into what matchups what matchups they're looking for on their radar um in the coming rounds. For me um, I'm looking at Kansas UNC on Sunday, which has tremendous implications, um, uh, particularly for our group. You know, as, as if you're a regular listener, you know that that Mr. Jason Reels is a North Carolina fan to his own name, um, and uh, I, I do know he has North Carolina beating Kansas in one of his brackets. I actually do, I like the way North Carolina matches up with them, and uh, you know I think I think Carolina. Can a little too caught up in the jump shooting game. I mean, you know Hairston and Bullock. I mean, they can really shoot it, man, uh, and, and that's their game. Um, I think they fall. They can fall in love with it a little too much. It, it let Villanova back in the game yesterday, um, uh, and it, but I, I do like how they match up with Kansas though, with with uh, with Matthew and whiskey, I think that's a good matchup. Um, I think I think Kansas will have their work cut out. Um, that's something to look forward to for Sunday. I'm looking at Oregon, St. Louis for tonight at 7:10. Um, the 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 12 seed against the 4 seed in the second round. I think Oregon, like I said before, one of my high points of this week, one of my proud moments of this week, them taking Oklahoma State in the first round. I think they have a dynamic team. They have a dynamic backcourt. They can score the ball and they defend. Um, I think St. Louis as well has their handful um, tonight. Uh, as Jay alluded to briefly earlier, Butler, Marquette has implications as well. Uh Brad Stevens at Butler just uh he's t- you know, he's he's embraced the role as one of the more uh prominent uh, uh coaching figures in March. Um and, and I look forward to seeing Rodney Clark had a had an abysmal game in the, in their first outing. Um and, and I expect to see him come back stronger in in tonight's game against Marquette. I think that'll be a battle. And and my dukies on Sunday. Uh <laughs> The matchup I'm I'm definitely looking forward to against Creighton. We've got our hands full uh, with McDermott. I I I running through my head scenario about what the best possible matchup will be. I heard Smith and them on CS last night talking about the possibility of playing zone. I don't think that's the answer. Um to think matching up wise with McDermott, I, I think you're looking at you know, I think you're looking at switching reps. I think Ryan Kelly May be the best option, but again, the fact that McDermott can go inside and out compromises things. Because with Ryan Kelly, I don't think on the I don't think on the perimeter he's equipped to defend him. And you know, I'm thinking maybe a Rashid Suleiman even maybe just to yeah. you know kind of make it a little uncomfortable. I think Sheed has that ability, but again, McDermott can go inside and out, so Suleiman has a disadvantage on the inside where Doug McDermott just uses his body so well. I mean, he just gets to his spots. And and you know, he, he gets his look. So those are some of the matchups I'm looking forward to. Uh uh Jay, give us some of the matchups you think are are worth looking at uh for the near future. <laughs> okay, right, so, so I'm,
3: uh, obviously this Kansas Carolina matchup is is gonna be difficult for me. But here's and, and Martin said this earlier. If you watch Kansas play last night against Western Kentucky, okay. Um, essentially, Jeff Withey won the game for Kansas because he controlled the paint. He sat in the paint and blocked. I think he had seven blocks. And he and Western Kentucky couldn't score inside, even though they were keeping pace with Kansas. What what McAdoo does, it takes Withey out of the lane because McAdoo can hit 17 to 15 footers consistently. Which takes McAdoo out of the lane, frees things up a little bit, and Carolina can score against Kansas. And I feel like they can do a decent job of stopping Kansas. So look out for that game um, um, on Sunday. All right, um, that Duke Creighton game obviously is, is going to be is going to be interesting. But this is the game. Okay, eight forty tonight. Gonzaga, Wichita State, Wichita State, <laughs> w- Wichita State. Punched Pittsburgh, beat Pittsburgh bad, beat them by 19, 18 points. Okay, a Big East team. Wichita State has been to the tournament every year for the last four years. They've been in the tournament. They've won games in the tournament. Gonzaga, if you paid attention, looked very shaky against Southern University in their first round matchup, and they're and they're number one team. Wichita State can mess a lot of people's brackets up tonight, guys, and 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 they are equipped to do it. Their coach
2: has been there.
3: They have players that have been there, and and they want it. And I and I and and I know because I saw them play against Pittsburgh, and I saw what type of intensity they were bringing, and I saw Pittsburgh not even not even come close to touching that intensity. If Wichita State comes out and played with the entire the type of intensity they played in that Pittsburgh game, Gonzaga's in trouble because they are not very athletic. And if people have seen them, they have one very good athlete on their team. And and their and their guards are little and they and they don't stop penetration well. And Wichita State will beat Gonzaga if if Gonzaga doesn't come out and play. So Wichita State's a nine team And and, and Gonzaga's a one seed. So that I'm I'm telling you you heard it first here on the collective Wichita State. It has a good. I won't say they will beat Kansas, but I will say that out of out of every one seed second round matchup, that's the one. Gonzaga is the first one seed to go. Besides, in and, and Kansas, UNT is the close second. But I, I, if I had to, if I had to choose one, I would say Gonzaga losing to Wichita State is, is is extremely realistic. And uh, one more game and I said this earlier, watch out for Butler, okay? Butler-Marquette. we got Marquette coming off a game against Davidson, like I said earlier, that Davidson lost, not Marquette didn't win it. Davidson lost that game. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how Marquette bounces back, okay? They're a Big East team, so I'm expecting them to be a mentally tough group. I know Buzz Williams, their coach, is a fiery, tough, tough coach. He's tough. He's one of the toughest coaches in the country. Okay, it'll be interesting to see how Marquette bounces back after barely getting by Davidson against a Butler team that are that are similar to Wichita State in the sense that their coach and their players have been here before. All right, experience is is something in college basketball that 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 doesn't get you know brought up a lot. You know, we talk about coaches that have been that have that have done things before, but we don't talk about players. Who have who have been in the tournament before, and how much that helps them and puts them over, you know, teams that are in their first or second time in the tournament. Butler knows how to win, guys. Butler Butler is a, one of the only teams besides Florida that have actually been to back-to-back national championship games. That is, in for a mid-major program, you know, quote unquote mid-major. I don't like that. I don't like that phrase, but they are, they are serious. And, and and if they get by Marquette and you know Miami gets by Illinois, that's another game where we could see you know a lower seed beat a beat a two seed and Butler can take this thing all the way to the Elite Eight and maybe the Final Four. So um, I would say Gonzaga, uh, uh, Gonzaga, Wichita State, and uh, Butler, Butler, Marquette are two games that everyone should should be looking out for because they are bracket busters to <laughs> the Elite. All right, for me, I, I would I would have to agree with Jay on the Butler Marquette matchup. I, I think Butler's I think Butler's going to take Marquette. Um, uh, like we said before, Brad Stevens is a guy that knows how to win when it comes to the tournament. I mean, he has a, he has a good basketball team this year. Um, I'm looking to see Rodney Clark actually step up and do something because that that's one guy that can certainly put on a show. <clears throat> as we said before. I mean, Marquette's Hetzer's shaky first-round game against Davidson. They can come back from that either one of two ways. They can continue to be shaky, or they can wake up and maybe say, you know what, it's time to play some basketball and come out gunning, which could go either way from them. Um, a Davidson played Davidson played a zone, and that kind of neutralized, Uh, Marquette's guards, because they're not necessarily strong shooters. They're guys that like to get to the rim and and get fouls, get to the free throw line, you know, like grind out a game, and and Davidson kind of forced them to spread the floor a little bit, and they didn't know what to do. I mean, they they hit those last three threes at the end of the game, all of which were contested in prayers, but, I mean, they they won the game, but... um. (laughs) I think I think that Butler is going to take care of them. Like I said, I, I love Buzz Williams. I think he's a great coach. I think he has a good team this year. Vanderblue is a very good player, possible pro. But I, I do think Butler, Butler ends up just winning the game with strategy. Um, we know, like we said, that Brad Stevens is a very good basketball mind and, and knows what he's doing when it comes to this tournament thing. Um, another matchup I am really looking forward to is Oregon St. Louis. I think that that's going to be a really good game. Like like said, Oregon won the Pac-12 and was playing really strong. I mean, uh, uh, most people thought it was a snub of them getting a 12 seed after winning the Pac-12. After having a strong year, they spent a few weeks in the top 25. I mean, they were, they they had a very good season, and for them to land at number 12 after winning the Pac-12 is 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 a bit ludicrous, but. I mean Saint Louis, like you said, that that A ten monster. We got five teams in the A ten that played in the first round and all five won. And in Saint Louis may be the best of the five realistically. They had a, a phenomenal year. They ended the year I believe the number fifteen or sixteen in the country. I mean they, they got some really quality wins. They have a good basketball team, a very strong backcourt. I I'm, I'm I'm looking to i I'm looking for Saint Louis to win, but Oregon's not gonna let it be easy. Going, staying in the Pac-12, California-Syracuse is going to be an interesting matchup. Syracuse has, sure. showed, Syracuse has showed that they that sometimes they cannot play very well basketball together. I mean, uh, I think that Michael Carter-Williams is very good, but they need everybody else to be able to contribute. C.J. Fair is huge. Sutherland has to shoot the ball well. Brandon Trich has to not turn over the ball. Hey, Brandon Trich has been turning over the ball a lot, and he's a senior leader. He has to be a senior leader. So I, I'm, I'm California man. A, a very good basketball team. Another team that people thought got a little bit of a low seed with their 12. So look for look for California to maybe make some noise. Um, obviously I'm looking forward to Duke and I'm actually going to be in attendance at that game since it's going to be out here in Philly. And um, I'm like I, I've been telling people all week. I'm hoping to see Doug McDermott go all, and <laughs> <laughs> they'll get the win. Right. So that that that's kind of that, right. that's kind of my hope uh, hope with that. Um. Florida Gulf Coast If, if ending, Doug McDermott goes off, my friend, Duke is gonna it's lose. Gonna gonna game. If McDermott goes it's for thirty,
4: which he very, very well
3: can, well, but bye bye Duke. I, I honestly feel like I don't know I, I if don't their think other guys. I don't think their other guys are good enough though, man. I think I think our other guys can make it so Doug McDermott can score twenty five to thirty points and we can still get the dub. We can still get a double-digit win. I mean, Doug McDermott's going to have to be their everything. They do. I'm not saying that they don't have anybody else than Doug McDermott. I saw Creighton play. They have a few good guys. They have another good guard, and they have a solid big. But at the same time, I, I don't think that they're going to be able to compete with our other guys. I, don't, I think we don't necessarily have an answer for Doug McDermott on the defensive end, but they don't have an answer for Mason Plumlee and for Seth Curry, who are both coming off of 20-plus point games. I think – Think Duke is it may just be a little bit too much for Creighton. Like I, I mean, Creighton can certainly win this game. I, me being a Duke fan, I've seen Duke play. I know we are liable to chalk it sometimes. I know sometimes we we can we can come out and flat out play a bad basketball. And and I hope and pray that that's not the case tomorrow and that we take care of Creighton. I mean, Doug McDermott is is a pro, a bona fide pro. He's six nine. He does it from everywhere. But I don't I don't think that he can do it by himself. But on the flip side of things, North Carolina-Kansas, I really think North Carolina can win this game. I picked North Carolina to win this game. It, it hurt me a little bit picking UNC, but at the same time, I think I think that they showed with their play in the ACC tournament that that they're a team to be reckoned with. I mean, they, they, they went back and forth in that Miami game. Miami ended up taking it, but, I mean, UNC were right there in the game, and I think, like, like Martin said, between Harrison – and Bullock, they have two big perimeter players that can really that can really cause trouble for teams because they're matchup problems. I think if 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 um what Mcadoo has a good game, I think that his 15 to 17 footer has to be on point tomorrow. Get Jeff Wicky out the paint. Don't let him block a bunch of shots. I mean, if North Carolina knocks down some shots, I think that they can do enough on the defensive end to kind of disrupt Kansas and, and their guard play and and maybe get a win. So um, those are the top ones. Also, I'm going to go ahead and say that Florida Gulf Coast is going to live to play another day, and they're going to beat San Diego State tomorrow night. Hmm. It's surely <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's They're going to keep that train possible. rolling. They're going to yeah, keep that train you know, rolling. They could beat they're, they they're be that big team. They're hot. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah they sure. I mean, it's obvious they don't care about anybody. <laughs> they're not thinking <laughs> about names. Names mean absolutely nothing to them. They're playing right. to survive in advance. And I mean, they played against one of the best teams in basketball last night and absolutely whooped them. So I, I don't see why they wouldn't make lunch me to San Diego State also.
4: Sure, yeah, their confidence is, is surely at an all-time high. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely strong points um, going all around. A couple of you know, a couple of people mentioned Oregon, St. Louis tonight. Um, you know, UNC, Kansas for tomorrow, Duke, Creighton for tomorrow. Those are big matchups. Bart, Butler, Marquette tonight. And as jay said, you know calling calling it here first on the collective wichita state um i i was also i like that they're like they're gonna give Gun, they're gonna give gonzaga a war tonight um they mm-hmm. they're athletic they're they're uh they're tough um and teams like that uh typically give gonzaga some trouble um oh, yeah. so, so definitely, yeah definitely some some good some good points there uh real quick back to Buzz williams at Marquette he's definitely one of my Favorite guys, uh, mainly because he never has a voice. His voice, I have never heard. <laughs> him, I've never heard he him doesn't. do an interview or anything with a, with a clear voice. His voice is he always is, on, and I and I love that it speaks to his intensity. It speaks to his his passion uh, for his guys and and for the game. Um, so so definitely some strong points there. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap up our our Basketball March Madness segment. Uh, We're going to segue next into our our music segment after this commercial uh, for a couple minutes. So we'll come back and and talk some music. Uh, We'll be right back with The Collective. Show you right.
1: Accessories and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107 fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com.
4: Check, check, check. Yeah, we're back with the collective. Uh, We're back from our commercial break. Uh, We just wrapped up our discussion on March Madness, um, this week's matchups, potential future matchups and upsets, bracket busters, all that good stuff that that comes with the madness. Uh, A quick update right now, Michigan is handling VCU steadily with 12 and a half minutes left. They're up 22. Um, uh, Trey Burke uh, uh came to play. They helped they're holding VCU to thirty five points. Obviously Shaka Smart's team not necessarily known for their offense, more so for their, their defensive pressure. Uh but but Michigan uh has the upper hand thus far. Next game starts in about an hour, uh Michigan State and Memphis, which should also be uh a, a tough one. Uh we're we're segueing into our music segment now. Um we've got we've got two pretty important Subjects to address, uh, one of which I I have some some personal stake in that I that I um, I'm going to take the floor on take the lead on and express my thoughts on on uh, the the new Beyonce song and 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 the recent criticism um, surrounding her and her new song. Uh, but first, I want to we're going to do our our quick hit reactions. Um, we've got some the, some of the latest news in the music industry from this week. Um, I want to get some guys' reactions to some of this news. Um, I'm going to kick it to Tommy first because we're starting off with his guy, uh, wordplay lay, Mister Mister Wale MMG. Um, this is this is this is Tommy's guy. So uh, and and don't let him don't let him tell you otherwise because uh, Tommy and and rightfully so. I mean, I consider I mean my my fan my fanhood with with Wale has kind of slowly digressed since since uh, the more about nothing mixtape, but I do consider myself somewhat of a fan. Tommy Hill is a Wale fan. And so he is going to start us off on the, on the, on the first piece of news bit from this week. Uh, Wale announced his upcoming album, uh, The Gifted will be released on June 25th. Uh, I watched his interview with The Breakfast Club yesterday, on uh, which he talked about, um, kind of the approach for the album, um, said he's, he's, taking it back to more of a 90s feel, trying to use more uh, more of an instrumental with, with bands and instruments and stuff like that. So he, uh, he says that his last album, Ambition, um, which I personally wasn't too high on, uh, uh, he said that album was more for the people and this upcoming album, The Gifted, is more so for himself. Um, so, uh, I'm kicking it to Tommy Hill, our, our number one Wale fan and get his take on this recent news for the MC's upcoming album. Tommy, your reaction?
2: All uh, right, man. <laughs> I'm going to put this straight, man. Wale, that's my, he's my favorite rapper because, not because of the fact that we both have dreads, I had I had dreads back in, <laughs> I had dreads back when I was a junior in high school. And I always get that I look like him. So I gotta put that to bed. That's not why like I hate that. I hate what he was saying. I think I look better than him personally. But he's my favorite rapper <laughs> because like I feel like he's the type of artist that could rap anywhere on the street. If there's a if there's a guy trying to make money on the side of the road with his guitar, playing you know what I'm saying, playing a little instrumental, while they can come back and speak to that and he would. And he he does things like that. Like when I I saw him live at Temple, uh it was I mean, it was uh, two, three years ago. And he just had he had the drum sets on the stage, he had the the, um, the guitars, the bass guitars and he just doing performing all his songs from um more about nothing. And that's why I really appreciate I appreciate his music, his, his, his musicianship, his uh, lyricism. Um, I actually just seen him at um Club Show, my my homie's club, he promotes a spot up in uh up in Elizabeth called Club Show while they was up there. Man, that dude, man, Talking about walking in with an entourage. That guy he got every lady in the club. I'm on a dance floor, like, you know, surveying with a woman, oh I mean, I'm about to I'm about to two step my way in the middle, see what's going on. Once Wale walks in about 1.30, everything's shut down. You know what I'm saying? Like every girl I thought about even even approaching goes right over to this guy's section. So I'm like, Dang man, what how can I get over with this guy? I should have I probably should have bought I probably should've tried to buy two bottles myself, try to be next to this guy. But um, you know he likes to have a good time. I mean, I feel his music relates to me because I feel like if I met him I could have a conversation with him about about something and he would really be able to talk about it. He talks about football, he talks about women, he talks about relationships and you know, that's why I really bang with him and he he was left off to end the uh, MC's top ten list, right? You know what, I'm not even gonna dispute that, but I think he's a real he's a real rapper. He's one of the realest rappers out there. and you got you gotta respect him. I mean even if you don't like his music, he, he stands for something.
4: And he, you
2: know what I'm saying, he doesn't back off what he stands for. That's what you, know, you got to uh, respect.
4: Uh, very strong points there. Very strong defense. Uh, JR, your reaction to, to the new news with Wale? Um,
3: I'm a lot like Martin. Here. I, I, I was a Wale fan at one point. I really was. I, I I enjoyed his music. I, I like you said that more about nothing mixtape. If you haven't heard it before, it's a it's the theme of it. You know the things that he's talking about. Everything is it's it's a very very good mixtape. Um, okay, here's my problem with Wale. I think at points he can be a little much. Okay, I'm not really into the spoken word thing. Um, I'm not. I just think he's 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 extra. If you get, you know what I mean. Like he just, he could just be very, he can just be very, very extra. And I think at points he tries to do too much when it's not necessary. Um, I don't know, I don't know if that sounds vague, but
2: it.
3: He, it, it's not even, it's not even that I think he's into himself. I just think he can have, he has a good formula for his music. And he doesn't want to stay in his lane. He just wants to do, you know, do like some ex, some extra things that are not necessary. And I think he just, if he keeps a basic formula, he's a he's a he's a good enough rapper where he can where he can make consistently good music. And but I just think people just, you know, are just kind of kind of <laughs> kind of annoyed with the way he with the way he presents some things. And he is. I think so. I think I think I think the MMG signing was a good move for him, as far as you know, getting his name out there. But, um, you know, I just, I just think, I just wish he would just go back to being the old Wale, keep things simple, and and make terrific music, and it'll be awesome. So I, I'm, I'm I am looking forward to the album. Um, if he and in, in in, uh, and I did uh, watch that interview with the Breakfast Club, um, so you know I'm always gonna give him a chance because I know he can rap. I just hope he doesn't. I just hope he doesn't do too much. That's what that that's basically what what I what I
4: think about Wale. His um,
1: name
4: L Reels, L reels If if you're there, I don't know if we lost L or not. Um, but if 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 you're there, then get on now and talk about Wale, or else I'm gonna talk about him.
3: <laughs> I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Look, so I feel like I may end up just saying the same thing as Jason, but it was a time where I was a really big Wale fan. and he, he was doing a lot. He was doing a lot of good things. And I feel like at a certain point he kind of just stopped seeing progression. Not saying that he's gotten any worse, but he just kind of hasn't gotten any better over the years he's been out and I think that's really that's really speaking towards the actual songs and material he's putting out and the songs and material he's choosing to do, you know? Like, as an artist, you have a certain amount of say in what you do. And, and the best ones are going to uh, attempt to progress it a little bit in their sound. They're going to try to evolve their sound as best as possible. And I think Wale kind of got lazy a little bit. So maybe he will, maybe he will come out with something this album. I mean, the way he's talking about it, he sounds like he's he's put a lot of hard work into it, and and it's going to be something you know different, something something worth something definitely worth giving a listen to. So, so I'm excited. I'm I'm excited with a bit of uh, a bit of pessimism though, thinking that I mean, with Wale's track record, I, I I don't think that it's going to be. Profound by any means, at least to me, this is this is subjective, but I, I don't think it'll be necessarily anything ridiculously profound. I I mean, we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening with it, but
4: I, for Tommy's sake, I look forward to it.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I I mean, strong point all around for sure. I mean, I guess we can all we can kind of all agree, you know. As Jay, I think Jay uh, put it really well in that. I think he has the right formula. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, his musicianship, as Tommy alluded to, um, in terms of his his wanting to stand for something also, as I think Tommy alluded to very well, um, he has his lane. With the, In terms of his involvement with MMG, um, I do know, you know, him and Mika have been talking about their collaboration project that'll be coming out. But for me, you know, I'm looking for Wale to really kind of establish himself as his own within the three, but the three meaning, you know, Rick Ross, Meek Mill, Wale. I mean, they're the big three of MMG, right? To me, you know, you're seeing more of a Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen complex with Ross and Meek, and Wale is kind of just, you know, he bounces around from being Dennis Rodman one day to Tony Kukoc the I mean, he he has, he doesn't really have his own definitive role. You know, he's kind of just like the wild card, and I'm looking for him to, you know, with this next album, uh, you know, like like Lawrence said, um, I, you know, I'm I'm, I think I, I'm probably. Under Tom, I think I'm after Tommy. I'm probably the the next biggest Wale fan. Like I said, I've digressed since more about nothing. Um, uh, the Falaron mixtape was I, I thought was decent, but again, nothing that I really took away from it. To that I feel was you know necessarily profound or 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 extremely noteworthy. Um, but again, uh, I, I look forward to seeing how he can bounce back and how he can kind of solidify himself. Uh, further with this next album um, next piece of news uh, that I want reactions from uh, Pusha T has confirmed um, just in the last couple weeks um, him and his twin brother Malice are reuniting um, the clips is coming out with another album uh, the tentative title right now is as God as my witness um, that's the tentative album title for route right, right now there's no uh, release date set yet um, of course, uh, uh, Pusha T has the Wrath of Cain mixtape that's been out, um, where you can find the review for on our blog, whatwehear.blogspot.com. And Malice has an upcoming um, gospel-themed album called Hear Ye Him, um, which is coming soon. Uh, so the clips is are officially reuniting for this album. Uh, I want to kick it to, uh, let's go to Tommy first and get your reaction on the Clips reuniting
2: um, yeah, I mean I remember back in eighth grade they had that uh the grinding, the grinding song. "Get get the back, yeah the yell the I mean, that was my jam. Uh I remember we was in the locker room one day and everybody was uh you know that you know how you bang on the locker, everybody was in unison, banging a beep, bum, 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 bum bum, I mean they had they had it they had it um they were hot for a minute, man, so it was good to see them back together. But um what's what's pushing T's issue with God? He he throws a lot of a lot of God in his music. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I am not really I'm not really sure where he's going with that. But uh you know what I'm saying? Pushing T, I I mean he could rap, he could rap. Uh, I'm glad to see him back together. I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely listen to it. Um but yeah, I mean that's all I gotta say on that. Push T can
4: rap. Yeah, I mean it, lyrically, I mean, you know Pusha T, you know, representative of good music. Obviously, he's proven himself to be one of the one of the grittier rappers that we have out right now. Uh, one of the grittier lyricists. Um, you know, h- him and Malice both have religious backgrounds. You know, the Pusha T, you're right. He makes a lot of you know Bible and, and religious references. They they do have religious background, which I guess speaks to that whole notion. Uh, uh, I'll kicking it to Jay next a reaction on the Clips reunion. Um, um, I'm
3: I'm very I'm very happy that they're gonna do an album together again. Um, if you don't I mean if you're not familiar with with rap culture, the clips have like a cult like following. Like, you know, they have they have their own kind of fan base that really, really like like they have a lot of people that really, really like them. And that really feel like they are the best rap duo of all time, which is, you know, is a very bold statement. Um, but but I've, I've heard that before, um, you know. I I thought I'm happy that 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 this is happening because I thought Pusha T was getting too much into the good music, you know, you know, family to the point where he was that he was just going to be Pusha T and there was going to be no more clips. So um, you know, Malice is very good. They're they are both. You know, in my opinion, above average. You know, rappers as far as skill and you know their content is <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, but uh, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm happy to see it. I hope Pharrell is working on it, in uh, and, and you know in some capacity, whether it's you know, I hope it's more than one song. I'll just say that you know because they were they were, you know, the three of them were, you know, on the rise kind of together, you know, that like that that grinding beat that everybody, you know, that every hip-hop, you know, fan will forever remember, you know, that was a Pharrell beat that, that he, you know, he was on the hook of that song, and they're all from Virginia. They all, like, you know, kind of came up together. So I'm hoping that, you know, with Pharrell and them back together, you know they can really make a a very good album because their past albums were all very good. You know we always we always talk about the song "Grinding" because you know it just kind of stands out. It was the best hip hop song of that year, for sure, and you know arguably one of the best hip hop songs of you know that decade. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they as they've gotten older, how their content changes, and uh, and. And it'll be interesting to see how much uh, Pharrell is actually involved in the production of the album because I just think if you're going to make a Clips album, you ha- Pharrell has to be you know basically the executive producer of it and, and make a lot of the music. Um, so it'll be interesting, and it's, you know it's another thing that I'm definitely looking forward to. Will I buy it? Probably not because I'm, <laughs> I'm not that, I'm not that big of a fan. But I but I will listen to it. And you know if it's good, then maybe I'll maybe I'll buy it. But um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how how the two of them mesh together after both of them kind of growing apart over the last couple of years. So um, we'll see.
1: Um,
3: I I am a Clips fan. I mean, uh, I we we all said that we were Clips fans and. and Growing up, I mean, clip, the clips were were a really big part of uh, uh, hip hop, especially for like people who came up around us. I mean, Grandus was, was beat on every single lunch table and every single locker in, in North America. Probably, I mean, it was it was like a it was like Jay said, it had like a cult following. It, it, was, it was very big in the clips movement. I was I was always a really big fan of Pharrell, so anything he was working with, I was I was always uh, heavily invested in. So I am looking forward to um, Pusha T and No Mouse getting back together. I, I mean, they're they're brothers, obviously, and, and they have a, a chemistry when it comes to making music that not that many people are going to be able to have. Because I mean, they're they're blood related. They they spent a lot of time together. And, and then they know each other, so they work well off of each other. I mean, the the flows that they used off of grinding and how, like, the, their last verse, they went back and forth, and it sounded real smooth. They almost sound like the same person, to be honest. I mean, they have, a, they have really similar voices. And, but um, I, I think it'll be cool. I, I do hope, as Jay said, that Pharrell's working on it with them because, I mean, he was a big part of what they were doing before, and, and they made awesome things together. So I, I hope that is a part of it. Uh, i mean i i think it could be really cool i i i think the direction push is going in is, is he is he is he has gotten better from where he was with the clips he was very good back then, not to say that he was bad or anything but he but he has actually gotten better he's progressed and and he he's i mean in the last year i heard him talking about the um the hottest m c s list and how he was how he felt like he was snubbed a bit. And and I, I would almost have to agree with that. And he was, I mean, every rapper is going to say that they're the best rapper and that they had the best verses, but yeah, I mean, some of his, some of his points were, were pretty accurate. I mean, his, his verses on Cool Summer, particularly Mercy and New God Flow yeah. are, were some of the best verses on the album. I mean, that that's, that's hands down. And, yeah. and he's been doing, he's been doing good things since I think, I think the, his verse on, um, on the So Appalled track a few years back on on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is one of my favorite rap verses ever. I mean, like he 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 brought he he brings something different to the table that no one else has, and he has a lane that he sticks to and he and he does really well in it. So the, the clips the clips
4: would be a cool thing to see back together. Yeah, I think you guys touched on important uh, points. Uh, obviously, Pharrell, uh, I think you guys are dead on with that, uh, with him being such a big part of their success. Uh, you definitely look forward to look for him to be a part of uh this next album also the you know the chemistry that they have together uh, Elle, that was a you 're right you know something they, they do sound like the same person and you almost you almost get an enjoyment out of trying to differentiate between the two when you hear them right. rapping, and you you know you're you're almost forced to compare like which one you think is is more gritty because they're both so so strong lyrically um, oh, yeah. in, in terms of their delivery. Uh, both of their deliveries are are just very concise and very strong. Um, and, and also the, the content. I feel like the content is, uh, and I, Jay was the one who, who first mentioned it in terms of the content. For me, I think it's important because obviously with Malice doing the the whole, you know, kind of gobble religious feel and, you know, Pusha talking about the stuff. He talks about big cocaine and drugs and, and women and stuff. It, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of blend the styles and, and, you know, what comes out of that. So that's, you know, that's obviously something that we're all looking forward to. Uh, next piece of news, which I'm going to go to, we're going to get Jay's reaction from first because uh I'm pretty sure Jay, you know, <laughs> Jay puts me Jay puts me on notice on on so many uh uh I don't know, I want to say ratchet rappers, but it's not even that. I mean, you know, Danny Brown and Schoolboy Q were two guys that Jay really put me on notice with uh Schoolboy Q obviously, you know, kind of his thing out party with that hands on the wheel verse with ASAP Rocky. Um while you go on shit Netflix on your couch, I mean, that was like, <laughs> that was an eye-opener for me with Schoolboy Q. Uh, but in recent news, he's, he has recently announced he's making his major label debut, uh, major label album debut uh, with Interscope. Obviously, he has the Habits and Contradictions EP, which was an independent project. But this is his uh, considered his first major label studio album uh, with Interscope. Um, it's, it's called Oxymoron. Um, He said in in an interview with MTV this week that it's coming in a few months. Uh, He has said that he's working with his fellow TDE members, obviously a member of of that growing faction with Kendrick Lamar, Ab Soul, J-Rock. He's working with his affiliates. Also, ASAP Rocky, Danny Brown, and Pharrell are all confirmed as contributors for the album. Um, He's recently leaked the song Yay Yay, which is the first release song from the album. Mm-hmm. um I, I thought i thought the production on that was pretty strong and um uh you know a kind of kind of a little teaser of the album so uh well we yeah let, i want i want go to jay first uh jay what are you looking for from uh schoolboy's first first major label studio album um i think i'm i'm
3: i'm looking forward to seeing some progression um from from the habits and contradictions uh e p Okay, here's the thing with Schoolboy Q. All right, he is a he is a good rapper. Okay, he's 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 good. If you're looking for like extreme substance and and you're looking for like something you know really deep and something that's gonna you know be <laughs> stimulating uh, in music, he's not your guy. He's not. He's not. He's not a. He's not a Kendrick Lamar in the sense that he's not he's not he's not a a a deep I should say rapper. He raps about you know parties and, and and stuff like that. And he does have some like he does have some songs where he does dig into like some actual like real life stuff. But his wordplay and stuff like that doesn't blow you away. What this is this is how I see Schoolboy Q. He's like. He's like your really hood friend, like the really funny one that has like all like the funny stories and like he tells them very like his storytelling is hilarious. Like it's very fun. he's like your hood friend that tells you really good stories all the time. And you always end up cracking up. Maybe not because of the content, but maybe just because of the way he says things. And he and he translates that into like rap music and it's and it's and it's funny and it's entertaining and he does have a balance between you know like stuff like that, like entertaining, like two chains kind of a a rap approach. And, and he does get into like some deeper stuff at times, but he had, he, he keeps a good balance between the two. And that's what I, that's what I enjoy about Schoolboy Q. Um, you know, he, he, even with some of his songs with his affiliates. Okay. You know, we, we all know Kendrick Lamar. We know, all know, like he is, he's what we, you know, have labeled a conscious rapper. Um, and uh, and and when Schoolboy Q's on tracks with Kendrick, he 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 shows some of that as well. It's just a different, it's just coming from it's just a different approach to it. Um, with with Schoolboy though, you, you get kind of like a balance. And and nobody <laughs> nobody go listen to Danny Brown because he's ridiculous. But you know <laughs> it, it. Nobody just don't go listen to him. Because of me, because I don't want to be the influence that pushes that, you to go listen to, the, to a Danny Brown song on the next mixtape. But um, Danny Brown's very, very, very graphic in his in his and his approach, and he's from Detroit, and he just yeah. has a ratchet past, and he and he and he gives it to you just just the way he got it in Detroit, in his music. So it, it's refreshing in that sense, but it's. it's it's, it may be a little bit too extreme. If you know Odd Future, he's like Odd Future, but he he's actually like a thug. So like it's like believable the stuff that he's saying, and it, it makes it a little different. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to Schoolboy's album. He is he is a he is a good rapper. Okay, he's not Kendrick Lamar good as far as you know tech, technically, but in his own lane, what he does, he's very good. The production will be terrific. And you know, if you listen to his last mixtape, some of those beats are out of this world. Just excellent, excellent. Um so I know the production will be good. T V always has very, very good production on them on their
2: on with their artists. Um
3: so, you know, it's definitely if you're a hip hop fan and you haven't heard of them before, go back and listen to Habits of Contradiction. Um, you know, and and I think you'll definitely enjoy it and I'm and I'm absolutely looking forward to to his first album because he's not going to stray too far away from, from what he did on his first EP. And, and it's obvious because T V E as a group, as a, as a, you know, as a label, they are just so far away from, from that, you know, commercial hip hop scene that they, that nobody in their group will dare do it. You know, they, they will not dare put out a commercial hip hop album. They won't put out real pop like you know singles. They're gonna stick to what got them there, and um, and, Q, and Schoolboy Q is gonna be no exception to that. So I'm 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 looking forward to it. I would encourage people to go listen to his old stuff if you have it, and uh, and be on the lookout for that for sure.
4: All right, uh, Lawrence, your reaction, Schoolboy Q. Um, what you think? Q's nice, man. Q Q is. Q can really, really, really
3: rap. Uh, the, the Habits and Contradictions was, was one of the best put together full pieces of last year in terms of hip hop. So, this this next schoolboy Q can, can be make or break for Q. Q's, Q's kind of the wild card of, of TDE. I mean, it, it started off as an ad soul, and then he kind of he put out his album and. And people started to realign things, and I mean, you think about J-Rock, and he's kind of like the old head of the crew, and he he's the one who really got got started and and got hit put on with this music stuff before anybody else did in the crew. So I mean, it's like it's Q is Q is kind of like the guy who most needs to find his spot in the group. But if we're gonna talk about solo, just just Q on his own, I mean. Because he's, he's a very good rapper. He's, he's made very good music. He has he has a unique style and sound. I mean, he's like Jay said. He's not going to be a conscious rapper. He's not going to really talk about. He's not going to really get into anything real philosophical or or talk about the meaning of life. It's going to be more ratchet than that. But it, he's he's really good. And, and I mean, between his song selection and, and his writing style, he has some he has some of the cooler, more unique flows you're going to hear out sure. nowadays. I mean, he, he 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 does that fast rap, but it's like really aggressive, and and he he has really cool switches. Like if you listen to a Schoolboy Q verse, you're guaranteed to hear three to four different flows, and the and all of the transitions are really cool. And and I mean, he 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 really approaches this thing from a good from a good perspective. So I I think I think we should be excited and look forward to Schoolboy Q dropping what could be considered one of the better
4: albums of the year in terms of that? Um, yeah, I, I was going to um, – I'm glad you touched on that point. I feel like the, the flows for Schoolboy are really what differentiate him and uh, also oh, a strong point in that, you know, you look for him to kind of – Almost like the with with what I was saying about Wale in terms of his establishing himself within TDE, um, exactly, exactly. You know, find as, his a, spot. as a standalone, right? Find his spot as a standalone, um, and mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to, you know, be running next to Kendrick on a track mm-hmm. for him to be, mm-hmm. you know, notarized or even ASAP
3: because he, he he gets he gets lumped with ASAP so much, even though he's not even a part of the ASAP group. Because I mean, some of his bigger songs he talked about hands on the wheel. Yeah, the first one he was on with ASAP, the brand new guy. And then he's on ASAP's newest album on the on the PMW. I mean, it's like he has yeah. to he has to. We, we need to see Q on his own. Stand on his own too would be good. But he and he can be so. Yeah, I, I would
4: look for it. Sure. Um. Yeah. Definitely strong points there. T Hill. Um. You got you got any remarks for us on Schoolboy Q? What do you uh, What do you know about Q? Honestly, I haven't I haven't heard any of his music.
2: But I will. I'm gonna take a look at it, and I will say this: ratchet music is in high demand. And even though it is pollution to to the youth and anyone who listens to it, it it I don't know. I got to hear for it. I got a. That's my guilty pleasure: listening to ratchet music. I mean, I'm from the suburbs. I don't know nothing about what what they been talking about these these rappers. But I'm saying I can I can kind of relate because I've seen it in movies. <laughs> I've seen. I've I've been around you know there's rough areas around my where I'm from but you know I don't know what they're talking about but ratchet music is here to stay so you know <laughs> I'm definitely gonna take a
4: listen to Schoolboy Q if y'all if y'all telling me he's nice like that yeah I was I was gonna uh, end it on, on you know with a point about with in terms of Q um and I feel like you know what J- and I feel like that's what when Jay you know when he brings up two chains and you know other artists that are kind of considered the more ratchet, you know Schoolboy Q is ratchet. Um however, like I said uh, beforehand, his flows are so um uh unique. Like Lauren said he you he, you know he does the the fast raps but they're they're rigorous and they're and they're clear. I mean, he 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 executes his raps really well and it's it's really it's far from your typical ratchet Kind of, uh, you know, it's definitely not. It's nowhere near, you know, your Gucci Waka Ratchet, uh, and it's not Two Chains Ratchet. It's it's more so. I mean, it's more so about his his overall delivery and his and his flow. Um, it's it's kind of hard to explain in words unless you really hear it. But he's very aggressive um, with with his delivery. Um, I would say in terms of just in terms of just coming at you with bar, he's he's a little more aggressive. With with his delivery than a than a than a Gucci Mane or or a waka flocka I would say yeah
3: and he's he's
4: like West Coast ratchet you
3: know like Gucci and like <laughs> and two chains are like Southern ratchet and then like Danny Brown if you haven't don't listen to him but he's he, he's <laughs> he's Midwest ratchet like like Schoolboy Q is like the West Coast like ratchet rapper because like if you if you think about most of the West Coast rappers they they they're more in like that two pop like kind of, kind of, you know, paradigm where it's just like, you know, we want conscious rappers, like, you know, kind of like Kendrick is falling into that. The game gets there sometimes, but he does a lot of party stuff, but he's not, he's not, he he tries to be that way as well. Um, Schoolboy Q has has an interesting line. He said, he said, mix up, I'm giving you the clean version of it, and he's saying he's he's saying that he's a mix of 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 Biggie and Pac and Fifty Cent, <laughs> like you said, like he and 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 I get and I see where he I see where where he puts that where where he he is kind of versatile in a way,
2: um, but he
3: does get really ratchet sometimes. So it's it, and disrespectful, yeah, absolutely. So um, but it's good. He's good in the sense that he kind of he he doesn't look to cover everything which is really good so um he's a, he, he's pretty complete in that sense um so he would be a good listener if you you know if you really enjoy his off school and you haven't listened to him yet you you might be getting like a nice little refresh kind of 90s feel to to his to his uh to his to his music and his rap style which which will which which is which is good it's he's really, he's good
4: um, good stuff there. Definitely good stuff all around. Uh, last piece of news, really, really quickly, I want to go around and, and get reaction to Tyler, the creator, who has uh, just recently released um, the actual track list of his upcoming album, um, Wolf. There was a track list that released earlier this week, um, but it was rumored to be fake. Um, a more recent one was just put up by Wrap Up, um, and this one looks legit. Um, I'm seeing... You know, your usual features from Odd Odd Future members, Haji Beats, uh, Mike G., uh, you know, Earl Sweatshirt's on it, Damo Genesis. Um, There's also, you know, some notable features there. Frank Ocean is also on there. Uh, Pharrell is on the album. Erica Badu has made her way into the album, which Mm -hmm. I think should be, which I think is an interesting addition. Um, And also Dave Matthews. Um, (laughs) That's probably more so a question mark than anything so i'm sure people are looking forward to seeing what's coming of that um but, but you know for me the the album goblin for me you know uh uh you know Lawrence really kind of put me on notice as to the the, the real talent that Tyler the Creator harnesses i mean as a rapper i've actually come to somehow appreciate um mm-hmm. his his style um not so much his content but more so his style um i think he's a i think he's, uh, I think he's uh, a I think I'm I'm saying that decent in terms of how he is as a rapper. I think I'm good with decent, uh, but his production is is I think is phenomenal. Um, he's great with metronomes and and a lot of good electronic sounds. I love Tron Cat from the last album. I love the mm-hmm. the AB 79 the little instrumental sequence that he put together. I mean, I, I do I, I like the musical approach of of Tyler, the creator and odd future as a whole. Uh, so Lawrence, uh, we're going to you first. What's your reaction on, uh, this track list from Tyler, the creator's next album, man, listen,
3: I, I heard, um, I heard flying Lotus, who, who, if if you don't know flying Lotus is, is one of the bigger, I mean, kind of underground names in hip hop. I, he has, he has a really big cult following, but he's a producer, also raps a little bit. But um, I heard Flying Lotus raving about both Tyler and Earl's album and said they're both going to be classics now. And coming from a guy like Flying Lotus, it's it's a bit of a big deal because, I mean, a, this is a guy that, that knows his music. He, he knows his hip-hop. And um, looking at this track list kind of confirms that. I we, we we do have the Domo 23 track, which has a video out. And and that was pretty cool. I mean, it, it, it's certainly not my favorite Tyler the Creator song, but you, you do see that that production that he has. Tyler the Creator has this unique brand of production, to where he like he kind of has a lane that he sticks to. But it's like no one can really duplicate what Tyler the Creator does, and it is so good. I I absolutely love his style of production. I think that he puts he puts together like really really dark strings, like heavy eight oh eights, and and he. It, it's it's certainly not your typical rap production by any means, but it 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 is so so good, and I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing Frank Ocean. I see he's he's on two different songs on this. Pharrell's on it, as we talked about earlier. That's that's my guy. Um, Erica Badu is is one of the queens, so her on the title of the Creator track, I think, is it, some trouble. We'll, and so we'll see we'll see some good. I mean, it, it doesn't look like he's piled this thing up with rappers. There's there's one there's one track that looks like it's going to be like a stupid Odd Future, just a bunch of guys on the song just screaming because I see like Jasper's on it and, and Taco, if you're familiar with Odd Future, you know these are guys that don't necessarily rap, but. When they get on songs, it it, it definitely depreciates the value. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but all the rest of them, I mean, I, I'm looking for good things from Tyler Creator. I I I mean, he's he's certainly no Earl in terms of rapping. I think his little brother is a lot better than he is yes. when it comes to actually rapping. And and his album is going to be a problem. I mean, yes. from the few songs he previewed at um at SOB's a few weeks ago in New York, I, I listened to him and oh man, he has some he has some gems. He has some gems hidden there. So I am looking forward to it. But this this Holler album will be good. Goblin was very good. I liked a lot of the songs you mentioned, Troncat. Um Analog was was like my favorite song off of that album and it and I mean, apparently it's one of Tyler's favorite songs, too, because he talks about it all the time, so both Analog 1 and 2, but that shows his, like, unique style of production and how he can bring in a lot of different sounds and and stuff that really works for him, so look for this Tyler, the Creator album to be, be diverse, a little bit more developed. It has one of the goofiest Album covers I have ever seen in my entire life. Like this guy is—he's like, he's absolutely ridiculous. You see, picture in the top corner, he's just standing there with like this Jerry curl and this stupid-looking Hawaiian shirt, and he's just holding an inhaler in his hand with a really awkward smile. It's so. He's he's such a goofball, but I mean, Very I, I I like that about him. I like that about him. I'm I'm looking for good things from this guy, man. He he hasn't disappointed me yet, so I I don't see why I would
4: would think that he would.
3: Um,
4: all right, uh, T Hill, your reaction to uh, Tyler the Creator's upcoming album? Um, I'm actually I'm actually
2: right where you're at as far as in terms of his uh rap capability. Um, but what you alluding to, into, what you guys are talking about, the production of his music—he always has good beats, and and that really catches my my attention. But I'm, I watch him, Tyler. I watch, you guys ever seen Lawyer Squad? When, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I've seen, it. I'm, I've seen They just started Lawyer Lawyer Squad season two.
0: Mm-hmm. This
2: guy, he had him and his crew. They're a bunch of like crazy, like they a bunch of unique, crazy individuals. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> like
2: yeah, it's the show is just a bunch of random. It's only 15 minutes, and like you, yeah. you're at the end of it, you're you're waiting to see more. You wish it was like an hour, and it's just ran. It's like almost like a like a jackass type. It,
3: it is. It's like uh, yeah, the Urban, little
2: black kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, man. He's like his crew cool are definitely very, very unique from from top to bottom, and I guess they have. They have a, a movement kind of, and it's like, you know, that's how you can, he's definitely changing the game because no one really does what he does. It, they're very unique, out of
4: future, in them guys.
2: Um, yeah, um,
4: unique yeah. Is, is definitely the word. Uh, JR, your reaction to Tyler, the creator, and the upcoming Wolf album?
3: Um, um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I should the seen sentiment for for our teacher as a group and and their their individual members that everyone else does. These these are these are actually kids. Like they they are they're sixteen and seventeen years old. But they are talented and and musically savvy beyond their years and it's and it's really, really fun to see, you know, really, really actually like these kids they're they're essentially babies. And these kids are in their in their they're hip hop their hip hop specialists in the sense that they have listened to a lot of music and it shows in their music and that they, they appreciate a lot a lot of different types of music and they try to incorporate everything into their own and they're making it really work right now. And and you know, they kinda of splashed on the scene, you know, two summers ago and it was just like it was so different what they were rapping about you know the feel of it, just everything was so different that you know it kind of took a lot of people by storm, and and, and I and I know it, that's what happened with me. But I'm just like, wow, they're actually rapping about really really crazy stuff. <laughs> um, they're good, and they're 15, 16 years old, and, it, and you know, and and it kind of blew you away, and you know, as their their buzz has fizzled down a a, a bit, but. You can see the talent starting to, you know, be harnessed and 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 actually start. The potential is starting to be shown even more than than, than more so than before. So um, I'm looking forward to the album. I look forward to anything that Future does um, because I, I I enjoy the how different their sound is from everybody else in hip hop and it's refreshing and you know like i said last week when i was just talking about different different rappers and different sounds in hip hop that that hip hop is allowing people anybody to really have their own lane and and it's allowing everybody to be able to you know put out really good music and 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 do what they feel and and our future has definitely created their own lane and and Tyler has been the you know the orchestrator of that so um I am very much, very, very much looking forward to the album. I think it's going to be terrific. Um, I'm not really looking forward to some of the content of his rapping, but I'm looking forward to production greatly. So we we shall see.
4: Um, Good Good stuff stuff. there. Good stuff there all around. Uh, We're going to kick it to our our, uh, next and final uh, commercial break. Um, it looks like um, due to timing, um, I'm 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 going to have to chop out our television and film segment for today. Uh, I was looking forward to talking about uh, producer Michael Bay, who was of course responsible for the Transformer series, uh, as, as has confirmed a script for a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, yeah. uh, which will air <laughs> which will air next next year. Um, it's enduring some serious slack from. Uh, from Ninja Turtles uh, loyals, um, and, and I have some information on that. Hopefully, we can get to that. Um, I, I need, I absolutely need to address Beyonce when we come back from the commercial, and I want to talk about uh, Little Wayne's album leak as well. So we'll see how much time we have for that at the end. Uh, we're kicking to a commercial now, and we'll be back with the collective in a couple minutes. Show you're right. You just-
1: keys 107 and the FOI board of directors is proud to present the final call the final call is the country's unique leading source for news Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam. The final call follows in the tradition of Muhammad Speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Can find one of the beautifully bow tied representatives in your community or read finalcall.com.
0: don't agree
4: with that but yes yes y'all we we right back uh back from our commercial break with the collective uh we wrapped up our discussions on this week's uh madness of march uh we talked a little about about uh talked a little bit about the latest news in the music industry uh concerning the likes of tyler the creator schoolboy q the clips and wale um uh, as previously stated, our, our music statement is, is loosely based on our music blog, whatwehear.blogspot.com. Um, as I said before, it, it doesn't appear that we will get to our television and film segment because because of our next segment here, which I which I think which for me um, must be addressed. Um, uh, if anything, we might get back to our, our we'll get back to our TV film segment for next week um, and carry our topics over. Um, now for the for the for the main event of our discussion. Which I'm going to take the lead on, and I'm going to see if my co-hosts um, are uh, agree with my with my contention. As we all know, uh, Beyonce Knowles Carter, Mrs. Carter, as as her new tour is, is appropriately named, um, released um, a sing. Well, it's not confirmed as a single. It's not even confirmed to be on her on her uh, upcoming album that she's supposedly working on. Um, she released the song "Bow Down." um I've been on um so apparently they are snippets of two separate songs thrown into one um the song was produced by hit boy and Timbaland. and needless to say uh beyonce has endured um uh as as most artists do um when they when they do something like this, she has endured um some some criticism on all angles um just to just uh you know to make a couple references. Uh, Keisha Cole has spoken out. She recently tweeted about the record, saying that it's uh, it's a little too self-righteous of Beyonce. Uh, she, she's being a little too too cocky, and and it, it's not good for her image. And and you know she she Keisha Cole makes the claim that that uh, this this new kind of the song itself could be could be classified as ratchet very easily. Uh, in my eyes, especially particularly the first half of the song um is a ratchet feel. It's Hit Boy produced. Um it's 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 got some chopped and screwed, um, which is clearly a a uh, paying homage to, to her hometown of Houston. Um it, you know it's got some it actually has her rapping at the end. Um so it, it's it's definitely a more gritty side to Beyonce. So uh Keisha Cole's uh, a claim is that Beyonce's Beyonce is this kind of shift or if you want to call it that, um is is is, is, is a little too cocky for Beyonce's type. Rush Limbaugh, for whatever reason, has commented on it and criticized Beyonce for not being the upstanding uh, female model as she as she's always been with this song. Um, she's, I guess, the, the more the most important part of the song is that she's cursing up a storm, um, throwing around throwing around the B word, telling people to bow down and saying my ish. You know, uh, you know, she's talking crazy. She's talking reckless. Um, and so, uh, Rush Limbaugh has spoken out and criticized her for that, um, uh, and also uh, there a blog from the Washington Post uh, uh, talking about whether or not it has it has uh, uh, damaged her image. Uh, I want to say this very. I, I have to say this the right way because I, I want I, I want to be understood, and I need I need to say this well. And I'm, I, I want to make two. I'm just going to make two very important points for me. First and foremost, Beyonce Knowles is from Houston, Texas. This is the hometown of slim thug, chameleon <laughs> Willie D and Pimp C. <laughs> Willie D and Pimp C, of whom she actually pays homage to in the song uh, towards the end when she puts together her little chopped and screwed verse. She's paying homage to Houston. The argument could be made that this is part of Beyonce's core. She, she's She's used to the 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 you could say she her roots are she's rooted in ratchet you could say that now obviously she didn't take that route you know she started with destiny's child and eventually you know became became this this iconic figure um in music um and and which you know brings me to the, to the next point. Which is kind of what bothers me about this, but there's something to be said about how much respect people have for Beyonce as an artist and as an icon. The fact that people like Rush Limbaugh are speaking out really speaks to how much they how much they acclaim her as one of the greats. And that you know, they and which it and which is a good thing because she ought to be respected. Her her career is 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 near, I mean, nearly unprecedented. So that you appreciate what i personally don't appreciate is this, this sense of wanting to compartmentalize Beyonce into this box that you know and and she's up there in this box as an icon and and what bothers me about rush limbaugh and 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 these critiques about this song is that people are assuming that she is completely shifting from the Beyonce we know into this newly formed ratchet just reckless and cocky individual. I'm not of the mindset that that's what's happening here. I'm of the mindset that Beyoncé made a song that is a tribute to her hometown of Houston, Texas, and most importantly, she does it well. The song is very well produced. Her vocals are strong and they're and they're fierce on there. It I mean, it works. Now, people people want to kind of compare and contrast, you know, with, here's the way I'll put it. You have Rihanna on one end. You have Beyonce on the other end. People are comfortable with what Rihanna does because it's what Rihanna does. It's ratchet. It's reckless. She doesn't care. She she doesn't care about anyone or anything. She's concerned with herself. People don't want Beyonce moving into that area because of her iconic status. Um, However, it's 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 too late for that. If anyone who who has followed Beyonce and and who has recognition of the many hits she's had, I'll just give a few examples. The song "Diva," uh, that that was ratchet. I mean, at its core, that was a ratchet song. She said she said shit about ten times in that song. I mean, she was cursing, she was talking crazy. Uh, ring the alarm, you know. High energy song, really, you know, demonstrative and forceful. Not so much ratchet as it was kind of like, you know, a, 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 a statement kind of song, you know, kind of like an empowerment type of thing. But at its core, you know, it was it was very it was it was reckless and it was demonstrative and outspoken. And also the Soldier song, which was obviously with Destiny's Child, but look. Beyonce Beyonce has Beyonce can wear just about any face she wants to, mm-hmm. and and I appreciate the fact that people respect her for her I, I, iconic status, and they and they and I I kind of appreciate the critique and that they don't want her to just you know kind of switch lanes, but I'm not of the mindset that that's what's going on. I think that she just made a ratchet record because she could and because she's that good where she can make a better ratchet record than Keisha Cole can. And so Keisha Cole feels the need to speak out and then, you know, try to downplay the fact that Beyonce can do this better than even she can. Um, And to my second point, my last point, and then I'll get a couple of reactions. And it was something my brother had said to me. And as as everyone here knows, my brother is a Beyonce uh, uh, patron. Um, And something he said was really strong to me. You know, in terms of going back to Keisha Cole's comment about it being too self-righteous and cocky, the last time I checked, all of the greats in any area deserve to get their moment to be cocky. Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, Kanye West, even when you're that good. When you've become as big and as good as Beyonce, you know what? I don't have a problem with her coming out and and, and talking a little crazy, telling people to bow down because at the end of the day. Keisha Cole's little, you know, little reaction is the perfect example of who Beyonce is talking to. I mean <laughs> Clearly, clearly she has, she feels some type of way. She feels like she is directly communicating to her, <laughs> which, which, which clearly says something. So I'm of that mindset. I, I don't have any kind of problem with this because A, she does it well. B, it is consistent with what she's already been doing and with her roots going back to Houston, Texas and see I'm of the mindset that the best deserve their moment to be a little cocky and, and to talk and to talk some trash. Uh, So, you know, I had, I wanted to take the lead on that and kind of just give, give my overall argument on that. Um, uh, 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 T Hill. uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys heard the record or not, but uh, give me your reactions from what you heard and what you think about this.
2: I, I didn't, I didn't hear it, but um, I agree with 100% with everything you had to say. When you, when you're at that status, when you, when you reach the top, you have haters, and you know the the beauty of music is you have so many emotions that you can put it into a song. And if uh, somebody at Beyonce's level, I have nothing wrong with her coming out and saying, "Oh, I'm this. I'm, i this." The song called. Oh, now, Now bow down, okay, bow down. She's at the top of her game. Like she has haters. She she's feeling some type of way and she can do it. She's paying homage to who she really is. So how how can you knock that? You know, you're gonna have critics that, that want her to be be in, in like like you were saying in one lane the, the iconic role model for females, but she's being she's being I feel like she's being more of a uh influence on on the um, on female's vibe by letting them know that you can be yourself and be confident at the same time. You know what I'm saying? That's what she's doing with records like this. Like, just, you know, Beyonce, she, she's great to look at. You know, I could, I could watch Beyonce videos all day. I mean, if you put that on, on TV. But, um, you know, and she's at the top of her game. So, you know, if you have, if you have haters, that's, that's what's not happening. That's what comes to the territory.
3: Okay. I don't know. Uh, okay so i I heard the record um I've got some feedback from some people and uh okay, this is what i think beyonce is a international superstar okay she's a world she is a she she's a not just an american star she is a a world star okay and her music is you know very popular heard her by all types of age groups genders um races everybody okay so (laughs) wrestling ball he needs to fall back first and foremost because he shouldn't be he shouldn't be referring to anything about music but this is this is what it this is what it is okay no one was prepared or or, or if no one was prepared or even or even remotely um should I put this even remotely uh equipped to hear a Beyonce song like this based off of things that have been going on in the past. And you know, you see her and Jay Z at, you know Uh, the presidential inauguration and she's singing the national anthem and you see them, you know, now Jay-Z, the owner of NBA franchise, you see them everywhere all the time. And, and it really messed people up because they didn't think she was still, that she was still even thinking like this or that she would even come out and say the things that she said in that song and make the points that she made in that song. And people honestly weren't ready. And, and, And and as a result of people not being ready to hear her talk like this and not hearing her ever really talk like this in the past, it messed some people up. It really threw people off. It really, really threw people off. And I think with music, music is beautiful because it allows people to say whatever they want to say in in whatever way they want to say it. And, And she took full advantage of that. Okay? The song... Itself, like Martin, like Martin alluded to, is kind of a ode to Houston, and and the Houston hip hop wave of, of of screw music and things like that has over the last ten years has has made a huge a huge impact on hip hop to the point where New York rappers are kind of rapping in a Houston in, in, in like as as they're as if they're from Houston. In New York is supposed to be the almighty influencer of hip hop, so it, 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 and it's and it's and I think it's and I think it's great and I and I'm a full supporter of the Trill Wave. You know, I, I love it. And and Beyonce kind of was the last person that anybody saw in R and B, especially because R and B records, unless it's you know Rihanna or 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 a male R and B artist, you know you you're not going to think you're going to hear cursing. And you're not—you don't think you're going to hear the type of bragging and and brashness that that you that you get in that song from Beyonce in a hip hop song from a female, and <laughs> she did it. it, it <laughs> and and you know I I I I like I I like the song, and I think it was probably therapeutic for her in a way that she finally was just like you know what I'm going to come out and I'm going to say everything that I think. And I and 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 she's kind of you know, and rappers do this all the time. Rappers do this in in every album that they put out. They make some reference to them being at the top of the heat, and and essentially that's what Beyonce was doing, you know. And and, and people were not prepared for it, obviously, and it doesn't go along with the image that she's been that she's been putting off, but you know, it's how she really feels. There is some merit to it. And you 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 can't really argue it, and and she did it. So you know, guys, get over it and, and and move on from it, and, and 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 take it for what it is. And you know, it, it's will it hurt her image? Maybe, but probably not, because she's she's that big. You know, if there if there was one female in hip hop or, or in R and B, excuse me. That could put out a record like this. It, it's Beyonce, and 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 people were just not ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. You know, like some Beyonce fans were, and I mean, I would put myself in a as a Beyonce fan category. I do I do like her music. I do think she's tremendous. Um, but people were not ready for this. They were not ready for this. And I think that's the beauty of it is that she just put this. She just came out of nowhere with this, and it's entertaining for me to cause, because she did it. And you know it's 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 it, it it's a it's a ode to our hometown of Houston, and that is that's terrific. And people just need to you know just know <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know before, but can have a ratchet task. like she's she's kind of like a ratchet down, like coming up realistically. So so you know people that have followed her, this is no surprise. But to most people that just see her as this regal classy, which she is, which she definitely is, you know, upstanding, you know, musical icon to hear her come out with something like this and mess people up. And I, and and I loved it. I love that part of it. I really do. I enjoy that part of it. So, um, you know, everybody get over it. You know, it's like, you know, it's a record. I don't, I don't think she's going to have a video for it. Maybe she will. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if she's trying to put this out and hope that it gets to the top of the charts, like some of her other actual songs. Um, but guys, come on man. She's a grown woman. She can do what she wants in her craft and, and and what she does. And uh Rush Limbaugh come on, dog. Fall back fall back. Fall all the way back, please. But but you know, it is what it is and it's 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 her it's her coming out party as far as her saying I mean she said it in the past, but she's really saying like yo, this is my R and B and pop that this is me. I I am the Michael Jordan. I am the Michael Jackson of this right now. So everybody needs to fall back and realize that. It, 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 it's, it's funny to me. It's entertaining and funny to me. So I'm 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 glad she did it. I'll say that. Alright, I I'm gonna take a, a tad bit different approach to this. I I'm gonna start off by saying I do think it could hurt her image and, and by her image I don't mean hurt her sales. I don't mean she's going to be any less of a superstar than she is. Cause I mean, I mean she's freaking Beyonce. Like, it, like, no one's really touching her. But I do think, especially bouncing off of, coming right off of the Super Bowl, where she did a really good performance, and it was like a performance that, like, families could watch, and it was like everyone was really into Beyonce. She did a bunch of, like, really poppy, really, like, more upbeat songs. I think that for her to go from that, to bow down, bitches is kind of like, all right, like, like what, what are you trying to do here? All right. There's, a, there's a certain bit of humility that Beyonce had that she kind of threw out the window with this track. Not to say mm-hmm. that she's the cockiest or or whatever the case is, but there's a certain bit of humility that we saw from Beyonce. Like, all right, she just she is from Houston, and I understand that, and I understand the old to Houston, and I think that that's very cool. But at the same time, I do think that that this can maybe end up being more of a negative than a positive. And I'm going to flat out say it. I've, I've heard the track act multiple times. I think it's a bad song. <laughs> like, it's not even. It's, I understand that we're more talking about like the impact of the song, but the song itself is not that good. It's not one that I'm going to listen to every single day. It's not one that I don't think a lot of people. I mean, true Beyonce believers are probably have that as their ringtone already, and you know that that that's that's everything to them. And I and I understand that, but at the same time, I don't I don't really even think it's that good. I think that. I think that it's like a little cool and it's a little, and it's different. It it certainly is different, not a little different. It is different. So that's that's cool in itself. I mean, it's always cool to be different. But at the same time, I I don't, I, I think that some traditional Beyonce fans, like some people that are really into it for like, the ballads and, like, her actually, like, showing her vocal ranges and stuff like that, like, showing her strength, aren't going to be really into this because she kind of doesn't do anything that great on any of the tracks. It's not like she had that, like, chopped and screw 16 and she ate it. <laughs> like, or, we're not going to start talking about Beyonce the rapper now. It, it's, 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 um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily the best PR move for Beyonce, and I, I don't think it was the best musical move for Beyonce. I'm I'm not a fan of the track. I, I do like I I would prefer Beyonce to be a tad bit more wholesome, just because that's what she's been. I know you mentioned she had like the diva track, and and she had a few other ones. She had like the the ego track and stuff like that, where she was where she was doing like so like like she was. Kind of saying these type of things, but like, I mean, I think the flat out say bow down, bitches. Is like, all right, well what, <laughs> what, what are, very direct. What, what really are you? Yeah, yeah, it's very, very direct. It's very blunt, and it's and it's unlike Beyonce from what we know her as. But like I said, the coolest part about it is, is the Houston aspect. I do think paying homage is cool. I was, uh, I was, this isn't necessarily a great comparison, but I was a huge fan of of Drake's practice where he paid homage to juveniles, back that ass up, even though everyone <laughs> else wasn't. So I, I do get the whole homage thing and like paying and, and, and showing your respect to the old and where you come from. Uh, I always said that because Drake come from the new age cash money, Beyonce's coming from Houston, which is the real start of that type of like underground hip hop sound where it's like chopped and screwed and, and everything like that. So, I mean, it's cool, but it, it's
4: not a good song. So at the end of the day, I don't. I'm not a fan of it. I will say, uh, I, I will disagree with you on one point. From a PR perspective, I think this was this was borderline genius. I mean, every. I mean, if any, 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 even right. if people You're are right. talking about, even if people are criticizing, I mean, mm-hmm. you know how There's PR. Any, works. They're talking yeah, about. Them, yeah, yeah. Any publicity is good publicity. Um, yeah. Musically, uh, like I said before, this isn't. It hasn't. Uh, apparently none of these neither of these songs again the song itself are split up into two snippets of two separate songs which neither are confirmed to be on an album so again as i said before she kind of just did this because she could um uh i wanted to she didn't
3: need to flex is is all i was saying
4: well she she didn't need to flex but for me and and she can back to my point like I I I'm of the mind. Someone like Beyonce, like I equate Beyonce to kind of a blend between. I I I know it's, it's a little of a stretch, but I I I I put her between kind of an Aretha Franklin and a Tina Turner, because she's she's got the soul. She she's got the soul, but she's also got that fire. Like you I, know, I can see that. I can see that she she's proven to be superior in terms of the ballads and you know and and what you, you and jay both you know everybody touched on it the, you know we're used to that sense of humility that sense of classiness from her mm-hmm. for me i'm more so i mean I, I i don't think it's a it's a great song i think it's a song that you that you can bump like in a car or something that that i think i think it's a song you can bump i don't even think this this song musically was necessarily put out to be a song that people want to listen to all the time. I think this is more so of a, like we said, an ode to Houston and also just a statement um, kind of like Jay said, maybe it was like a personal thing. Like she felt like, you know what, this is, this is, you know, I feel ultra confident. Like I'm, I'm going to put this song out and just kind of just make a statement. Like, listen, I can do this. And it like, yeah, I, said before, I can feel that. I don't want people to compartmentalize her because that's what happens with the, the Whitney Houston's and the Barbra Streisand's and, and, and really neither of those people could have made a song like this and it be anywhere close to be successful. I mean, they would be scrutinized automatically. So again, a Beyonce ratchet song like Rihanna is the R and B ratchet princess right now. She is defining R mm-hmm. ratchet. Rihanna's ratchet is poured up, but poured up record is very different from what Beyonce just did. And oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like she, she she. I feel like I mean, it may not be the best song, but if anything, I think she has proven that she can at least do it like and and it and it at least sound like it's it's reasonable i mean it again a lot of beyonce fans don't like the song i mean most of the Mm -hmm. criticism coming towards our people that are beyonce fans and i think Mm -hmm. jay touched on it uh best i don't think people were ready for it like you said the super bowl performance probably wasn't the best teaser for it yeah Um, exactly exactly you know people people weren't ready for Sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, threw people off guard um, and shaking things up can either be good or bad. Uh, but for right now, uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, we're counting down to our, our final 60 seconds of our show. Um, I did want to touch on the fact that Little Wayne's album, I'm Not a Human Being too did leak this week. Um, I've given it a couple listens through. You can expect our, our review on the album next week on what we hear at blogspot.com. Um I'm of the mindset that this is probably this this is. This is one of Wayne's best um complete works since No Ceilings. It's much better than the first I Am Not a Human Being. The production is is more than decent. Um he actually, dare I say, brings a little bit of Carter three with that with the with the intro on the song. The intro really messed me up. I mean, I think it's I think it's actually a phenomenal intro. Um a little bit of Carter Three, a little bit of dedication four with 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 a little ratchetness involved. Uh, I think is it, is it great? No, I don't think. But I think it's better than what we've been getting. And I think for once, I can uh, put a, a little Wayne song on a CD and, and put it back in my car. And that hasn't been the case for a while. So We're uh, we're going to wrap up with the collective for today. Um, we want to shout out all of our listeners and all of our callers. Uh, thank you for can joining get us once again. We'll be back can we get a next. quick shout out? To my to my, to my,
3: mother, Fran Shout Reels, in mother the hospital reco- recovering. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. We
4: love you. We love you. Love Shout me. out love to you, you, Fran. You uh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Had to do that. Thank you for reminding me.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.